It's a little extra Lambo podcast coming to you from the palatial podcast studios right here in Spokane, Washington. How is everybody doing today? We have on a special guest that we pre-recorded on Monday and in honor of the guests that we have, we are going to dedicate this show to Mr. Garnett Harper. Hashtag say his name. Garnett is a Canadian citizen who has passed because he was not given the kidney surgery, the kidney transplant that he was supposed to uh, because he was not vaccinated. That is the tyrannical law that they live under. If you're, I don't know, I don't know if this is every situation, but in his situation, he did not get the kidney transplant because he was unvaccinated. Time has proven that this vaccine is not working like they said it was going to. Time has proven that the that the garbage that they were spewing at the beginning of COVID, that this is going to save everybody's life, has just not come true. And yet we're still pushing, pushing, pushing this agenda. And this man lost his life. Garnett Harper, this show is being dedicated to you. And your name has been mentioned many times by my guest today. I have on Monique Leal. This is episode 113-113. Independent underscore journalist underscore on Instagram and Instagram only is where you can find her. She is an, uh, an amazing woman. She has thousands upon thousands of interviews with people who are vaccine injured. Vaccine injuries... Uh, stillbirths, um, all of that, all of that stuff that goes along with with the reproductive cycle, and this vaccine has been proven to not be what it is supposed to. It is not protecting these moms. It's not protecting these babies. And she has so many stories. Like I said, thousands upon thousands of these stories that are heartbreaking. And then. We have Garnett Harper here, who who has lost his life because he was not vaccinated, and that's on Trudeau's hand. So we were recorded on Monday, and we had to push it back a little bit because she was uh, at the senior facility where Trudeau was making a guest appearance to try to get uh, his name out there and 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 you know do whatever do whatever a tyrant does. So the Prime Minister of of Canada and. So we had to push it off a little bit. Did it a little bit later than I wanted to, but that's 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 fine. We still got a great show out of it. I wanted I wanted longer, but I know that that at some point people have to get to bed, <laughs> and up there, you know, she's three hours ahead. So it was it was a great show. You will enjoy it. We talked about the vaccine injured. We talked about the the measures that are going on when it comes to Canadian health and how the vaccine is associated with it. We talked about Bill C-18 and how the Canadian government controls the news flow, basically. The social media's outlets are not allowed to have news on their sites. So if people post, like uh, Monique has, it comes back with a message saying, this is news and you cannot be sharing it, blah, blah, blah. And... It's not supposed to be active yet, I thought, but every time she posts something that's news-related, it comes and gives her a message. So apparently it is active now. Uh, Bill C-18, so that is in full effect right now. Hopefully it gets overturned. 
But this was a great show. Again, this show is being dedicated to Garnet Harper. Hashtag say his name. And uh, you will enjoy this. Uh, what do we got coming up? We got next week. Next week, we got Doc House. We have Doc House on. I'm recording with uh, Conservative Ant and Dublin Glenn and... I have another one. I don't have my calendar in front of me, but I got, I got, uh, oh, Chris Barber. I got Chris Barber coming up as well. So looking forward to all three of those men. I know Chris Barber has some stuff going on, which we talk about with Monique. She was in Ottawa when the trucker convoy was there and she had some pretty good insight on that as well. Like I said, it's a great show. You will enjoy it. Go and check her out on Instagram only independent journal, independent underscore journalist underscore and yeah, follow her. Follow her. Tell her uh, a little extra Lambo sent you. But uh, without further ado, please go hit that like button, hit that follow button, hit that notification bell for me. Without further ado, I give to you, Monique Leal. I am with Monique Leal from the Independent Journalist. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. I saw you um, on on a live on Instagram earlier today. You were face to face with Mister Trudeau, and and we all love that guy. And even from the from the states, we love that guy. And hopefully, a sense of sarcasm. Yeah, no, I do. I do. <laughs> what was he? Uh, what was he doing there? I, I guess it's a senior center, which is kind of ironic, and that he that he's there since he doesn't care about the mm-hmm. seniors. But what what was he doing at the senior center? Yeah, he's just kind of right now, just making his rounds um, here in Hamilton and Toronto, and um, it was just uh, he he was just there to go and visit and speak with them. So. Um, and like you said, how ironic, right? How many of our elderly died, uh, alone, um, that, you know, were locked up in the nursing homes here. Many of them, you know, months, months in their rooms, uh, sitting in their feces and urine and, and being uncared for and dying alone. It just, it was ironic. And I actually just say that a couple of times when I was speaking to the police out, out the front today. So, yeah. How many encounters have you had with Trudeau? This was my second, my second. Um, and right before we actually got on this podcast, um, I don't know if you heard me mention Sean Hartman in the video and Maddie DeGary. Um, Sean is a 17 year old boy here who died um, two weeks after his Pfizer vaccine. And his father just sent me a message and it's got, you know, he just, was crying and said, thank you so much. I've been wanting, you know, Trudeau to hear my son's name and thank you for saying my son's name. So, you know, you kind of lose control, like um, your inhibitions and and your thought process. Like when you're, when you're seeing him and I wanted to say so many other things, you know, there's so many other people that I've interviewed and so many other children and, um, you know, recently here, I, I interviewed Garnett Harper's wife and brother, and that's the 35-year-old who just passed, who was denied a, an organ kidney uh, here in Canada. And it's, uh, you know, there's, I just, I wanted to mention his name. I wanted to say a lot of things, but 
you know, the police are pushing you back and people are all yelling and, and you're kind of running alongside him because he's obviously running as he has to everywhere he goes. Heaven forbid he address the people. Never. He never would. You know, he never came to address us when we were in Ottawa once. Um, you know, he got sick with COVID and, and was quarantining allegedly, but yeah, um, he's never, yeah, exactly. No, he hasn't, um, ever addressed us. And, and, and he was actually, um, questioned at the, um, the public inquiry regarding him calling, um, the unvaccinated misogynists and racists and extremists. And he said he never said that. So when he was, I've got, I've got video proof on, on my phone right now that he, that he said all that. Yeah, no, he, he just totally backpedaled and gas, you know, gaslights everybody. And, and that's what he said, <laughs> but it, it's out there for everyone to oh, see. Oh, so definitely. It, 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 it's kind of good when he does stuff like this, because then it's, you know, more obvious, obviously to people that he, he's lying right through his teeth. I follow, I've been following you for on, well, on several accounts now, cause I believe you were on TikTok before else. I was just seeing uh, clips of you on TikTok. Maybe that's what it was. And then I started following you on, on Instagram, but you do a great job with these vaccine injury stories. You have research. Yeah. You've researched and talked with thousands upon thousands of families and the, the vaccine injured. Is that, is that a passion of yours to get that story out there from the people who can't get their story out? Are you the voice of the voiceless? A hundred percent. I want, my platform has been to give people a voice that are not being heard. Their stories are not being heard. They're being suppressed, you know, canceled, um, and, and that's what it's about. And I'm so grateful that, you know, I at least have, um, a space that I can do that. Uh, you know, I'm still heavily censored and shadow banned. And, you know, this is my, my backup account, believe it or not. My first original account was deleted, um, when I was going in, inside hospitals and, you know, filming the hospitals and empty hospitals and I had trespassing orders and, you know, a bunch of stuff that I lost, a lot of content that I lost. And I'm grateful that this account is still going strong, you know, and that I have, um, I have that trust from people that they can come and, and tell their story. And I know it's not easy for many of them, you know, uh, but it's important that these, stories get out there I feel like a lot of the minds of the people are gone and you know maybe we can still get to their heart do you think that they don't want to talk because they don't people they don't think people are going to believe them or are they think they're going to get thrown under the bus like the unvaccinated were or I guess still are Mm -hmm. it's both it's definitely a combination of both um you know, many people, uh, you know, don't believe them and they'll poke fun. They, like people can be really nasty. Um, there, there's a site that's, um, sorry, sorry, I didn't get vaxxed or something like that. Or I, I don't know, but it's, or sorry, anti-vaxxer, that's what it's called. And a lot of these, um, 
people are on these sites, you know? So, you know, they're, they're just, they're treated horribly. Many of them, yeah, their own family members don't believe them. And they are afraid. They are afraid to come out and speak. In the beginning, when I was doing this, it was next to impossible to get anybody to come forward. Um, and I had many people decline. I've, ha- I've spoken to many who have, who have declined. Um, you know, I know a woman, um, beautiful family, two very, very young children. Her husband died um, right after he took his shot. And she, you know, she was just too afraid to speak. And it's funny because these people went and got the vaccine, yet they're called anti-vaxxers when they try to come out and, and talk about their injuries. And it's unfortunate as well because, you know, here mainstream media does not cover any of this. I think they've maybe put one or two people on, on MSM. And these people have said that they would do it again. Mm-hmm. There was one woman. Half her face was paralyzed, and she said, I'd still do it again, and I still recommend the vaccine. I, like you mentioned, I've interviewed thousands. I've talked to, you know, family members, injured people who've lost um, loved ones, and none of them have ever said that they would take this again. They all regret it. Were were these paid off, these people paid off, who said that they, you know, they would do it again, yet I still have an injury? You think they were paid off to say so? Absolutely. Yes, I think they definitely were. That just so, that blows uh, my mind because you're doing a disservice to your neighbor, your your fellow human, and now yeah. now you're just going to take the money and and run, even though you know you have injured yourself with with this poison, mm-hmm. or that it's and that a child could be injured. You know, forget about yourself, but you know what about what about the children? This is just it's so unjust. It's so criminal. MSM is, I think, the enemy, <laughs> one of the top tier, um, you know, tyrants in all of this. Like the fact that they are just um, continuing to promote this and say, you know, they really were the ones, I think, responsible for many people doing this, right? Yep. Down here in the States yeah. as well. I mean, we had... We had the mainstream media, we had actors, we had talk show hosts, we had, you know, our representatives all putting all this force and all this um, guilt upon us saying we're the, the unvaccinated are the are the problem. The unvaccinated are the, the true causes of the pandemic. They're the reason the pandemic continues. But yet now over time, you see that that's not even the close to the truth. It's so far from, from the truth, and we know that now, right? And I, think, I, I think we are in a time right now where people are starting to uh, recognize that they've been lied to, but um, at the same time, even, even if you know, this all comes out, there needs to be accountability. We cannot let the people who did this get away with, with, with what's been done, and that is, includes mainstream media yeah you know i know don lemon over there in the u.s was was saying horrible things about uh the unvaccinated you know i I don't think these people should be able to get away with the the statements they made because they're complicit in this yeah correct correct eventually that that they all need to be held accountable i know our government has made it so that pfizer moderna johnson and johnson they can't be held accountable 
but there's got to be so either a that's going to lapse or b there's got to be some 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 back way into holding them accountable that you know some some lawyer who's smarter than i am will have to figure that out but oh i i'm hopeful i think it'll happen the veil's lifting too much has come out um you know i i do think it will happen you know what are what was the rate of canadians who have who had gotten the vaccine do you know what that percentage was uh it's it's in the, I think it's like 84% Canadians. And I, I want to say it was high seventies, low eighties for America as well. I'm, I'm not positive on that, but do you, or do you know what yeah. that was? I'm, I'm not a hundred percent. Um, but I know there's millions of Canadians who did not get it. So, yeah. I've, I've got on uh Chris Barber. I have him on scheduled for next week to come on. Uh, this will be his, his second time on the show. So he's going through a bunch of legal stuff for the same thing of these mandates and, and mm-hmm. being a voice for, for people to um, express their, their grievance through. And Trudeau is, is just using him as an example, just hammering down on him with everything that he can and dragging the process out so it, it takes all of his money away. So he's mm-hmm. he's a great guy to talk to, and and yet another voice that is trying to be silenced by this Canadian government. Yes, he's a true Canadian hero. Him and uh, Tamara Leach as mm-hmm. well. I actually had dinner with her. She's in Toronto right now. Okay, um, she lives in Elf. But we just had dinner um, last week, and she's going through the same thing. So she she and Chris Barber, as you know, were organizers of the of the trucker convoy here in Canada and Ottawa. And, um, yeah, just incredible heroes. But like you said, they are being made an example of, and she faces multiple charges as well. And, uh, uh, potentially up to 13 years in prison. So, um, it's, it's really awful, but that, you know, and, and I want to state here that Tamara was always cooperating with the police every step of the way in Ottawa. So what happened was the police would keep changing the plans, you know, so they would say, okay, move the truck. They would, you know, um, get the message out to the truckers, the truckers would move the trucks and then they would stick um, a concrete barricade in front of the truck. And, you know, they called it uh, occupation, but how, what were the trucks supposed to do? It was the police that were actually, um, putting up the barricades so that the trucks couldn't get out. Right. Um, it, it wasn't that the trucks refused to leave. So, you know, then of course they, they rolled out the emergency measures act that horrible weekend. And, um, and then they were towing trucks, smashing trucks, smashing Mm -hmm. car windows. Um, I was pepper sprayed, uh, in Ottawa at that protest. Uh, there were other journalists that were, that were, pepper sprayed, um, veterans that were beaten and arrested, a vet, um, whose bank account was frozen is still frozen to this day. You know, there's still people whose bank accounts are still frozen. There's four gentlemen, um, from the coot border. Um, so they, they kind of, uh, held the line over at the coot border and, uh, they've been in prison since February without you know um they're, they're just actually going to trial right now but 
whatever happened to innocent until proving guilty, right? These guys, it's kind of similar to your January 6th guys yep. um, in the U.S. Yeah, uh, we don't have as many. I think yours is in the 40s. But, yeah, these four boys are, are you know, are, are looking at a, a long prison sentence if they get convicted because it's, they're accusing them of, um, you know, wanting to commit murder on police officers. So. Yeah, which they can't. They can't prove. I had James Sowery on, and mm. he was telling me about uh, the, those four, and it what how he was describing it was making it sound like there was very little evidence, but they aren't. I think he said that they weren't even held with charges yet. That was to be determined, I guess, at a later date. So I guess that they're in court now. I, I guess that's a good thing because now they can move on with the process instead of sitting in a jail cell without being charged. That's where our that's where yeah. our, our J6 guys who are still sitting in jail, they don't have charges against them. They're just sitting in a, in a prison cell right now waiting to, to know what they did wrong. Wow. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy. So you, you said know, you were in. You said you were in Ottawa. How long were you there for? I was actually there four weeks. I stayed a week after the whole um, convoy ended, and that you know that that police brutality happened. Um, I stayed another week. I went actually to a camp out there where there were a lot of truckers and people just waiting outside of Ottawa. Um, I think trying to, you know, not, it's like they didn't want to leave, right? They were waiting for a direction and instruction on what to do next that no one wanted to leave. None of us wanted to leave. They were were bought in. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they strategically got the truckers to move outside of um, the red zone, which was what, you know, where the protest was. And, they put barricades all over downtown Ottawa checkpoints. So you, I had to get through at least 20 checkpoints to get out of the city of Ottawa. And I remember putting all my flags, all my Canadian gear in a bag in the trunk, right? Because, you know, you didn't want them to know that you were with the protest, right? It was crazy, a crazy time, but, yeah, there was there was multiple checkpoints to get in to get in and out of the city, and um, yeah, there was a lot of people that were just waiting on the sidelines to to get direction. But obviously, you know, people had to go home too. They were tired. They'd been weeks away from their families. Some of them traveled twenty plus hours across country to be there. So I think people, you know, they were they were ready to go home. Not ready, but but ready. Yeah. It's like being on vacation, yeah. right? You can spend two yeah. weeks away from home. You're enjoying the the resort that you're at, the mountains that you're at. You might be in Banff for two weeks, but at some point you're ready to go home. I want to go sleep in my own bed. So very understandable. And you're not you're not saying, yeah, this isn't going to work out anymore. But eventually you do have to go home and, and recharge your battery and then fight another day. And Chris had said that Chris had said that it was, you know, very, we saw it all on the news as well, but you know, the media doesn't portray everything in the, in the greatest of lights. So we had Twitter, we had TikTok, we had Facebook and, or or, or Instagram, but 
it was the social media that was keeping everything, everybody up to date. Was it as peaceful as we were seeing through the social medias? Was, um, was the people encouraged to continue to be loud, to use their voices without turning to violence? There was not one of act, one act of violence um, that occurred while it, while the protest happened. Crime went down in the city. The streets were never cleaner. I mean, you could see the Canadians like shoveling sidewalks and garbage bags all lined up. Food, clothing, people, homeless were buying bus tickets to come into downtown Ottawa so they could be fed and clothed and and just taken care of. Um, the amount of love and unity that was there was incredible. We had, you know, I was there with um, Kristen Nagel. She, she's um, from Canadian Frontline Nurses. I'm not sure if you know of her or her mm-hmm. story. She's the first nurses here in Canada to speak out. Um, and she was actually at your January 6th event, but I, I, she wasn't with the January 6th um People. She was there for a do- for a conference with the doctors, the white coats, and she's been deemed um, a terrorist here for attending that. She also um, tried to t- take on the College of Nurses here recently, so uh, unfortunately, they lost their case, and she now has to pay three hundred fifty thousand in legal fees. She has to pay the college's fees. Um, they defamed Kristen through, you know. Um, the media and just, you know, called her, you know, uh, anti-vaxxer, spreading misinformation. Uh, yes, but she, she's a, one of our heroes here in Canada, for sure. Are they able um, to raise money yet? Uh, or, we, or because we know that um, the GoFundMe, <laughs> the Gifts and Go, they had shut all of that down. Are, are, yeah. is, is Christine able to raise money to help with her legal, legal fees? They are, they are, they do have a GoFundMe. Um, it's, it's really hard now for people. I think people are broke. I, you know, uh, there's, there's just so, so much money. Millions were, were donated to the trucker convoy. Um, majority of that has been refunded. How, however, there's about $5 million that they're still holding on to the government. And, you know, I think people are a little bit weary of donating to through Give and Go and you know um, GoFundMe because of what happened. And uh, and like I said, I think people are financially struggling as well with inflation and you know carbon tax and um, just you know a lot of people are out of work. You know, still there's there's still so many companies that are still enforcing the vaccine um, here in Canada. So, you know, I think it's a combination of things, but it's not easy anymore here to, to raise money. Um, so I know that they're struggling for sure. And that's a, that's a crime right there. Cause the, these, she didn't do from what I'm hearing. Christine went down to America. She's not even American. She's, she's Canadian. So what does it matter if she was down there or not? She was down there for mm-hmm. for a conference. Who cares? But now she comes back, and because she was a part of that, well, that means you're a terrorist. That's a that's mm-hmm. got to be a government overreach, like I've never seen before. Oh, it's it's so sad, you know. And she's a beautiful woman. She's she's just a great human being. Um, 
she has three young kids. She just had a baby girl a few months ago. They had to sell their home. You know, they had to really, um, you know, just revamp their life because, you know, she obviously left her profession. She didn't believe in her profession any longer. Um, she was very vocal and she was a voice for so many and, you know, a, a hero to so many. And especially to the, those healthcare workers that, you know, felt um, discriminated against and felt the pressure and, and, you know, felt the pain of not wanting to be injected. So. You had the opportunity to interview Dr. Peter McCullough. I did, yeah. How, how was that? He's a, I love listening to Peter McCullough. And I've heard him on the Joe Rogan podcast twice. I've heard him speak uh, in other places. How was that interviewing him, and, and what did you learn? Oh, um, you know, I have a lot of heroes. <laughs> and this has been just such a wild ride and such a blessing um, to meet some of the people I've met and to, to interview the people that I have and have this opportunity is, is so incredible. So, you know, Peter McCullough is right up there as one of, one of my, my heroes. He was one of the first to, um, to speak out about this stuff. And, um, you know, I just admire his, his strength and, and perseverance. Uh, he's an incredible man. Um, what I, what did I learn from him? Uh, he's just, he's so intelligent he's just he's just a book of knowledge and you know he's done a lot of research into um the you know mrna bioweapon and um i think you know he he really just stresses that this is so unsafe for children um they should not be taking this whatsoever and um you know i I think, you know, he, I mean, he obviously touched on a lot of things in there, but the main thing that is important to me is that he's been fighting for, um, you know, truth and, and for the children and making sure that people and parents are aware of how harmful this is for kids. So. Today's show sponsor is brought to you by Chernot.com. Chernot offers a daily facial cleanser for both men and women that gently removes dirt and oil from your face, as well as that stuck-on makeup for you ladies. Chernot also offers two great products called Glow and Nourish. Glow is an advanced type 1 collagen with superfood antioxidants and support. The Nourish is a probiotic meal replacement to improve gut health and gain nutrition. Go to chernot.com backslash cinnamon, C-I-N-M-I-N, to go see all the other amazing products like Balance for the multivitamin boost for the premium nitric oxide and then the cellular combo pack, which includes Balance and Boost, but also Renew and Enrich. Message Sinmin85, C-I-N-M-I-N, on Instagram or email at sinmin 3 at gmail.com. Get on over to trenaut.com backslash Sinmin and tell them a little extra Lambo sent you. A couple weeks ago, I started doing the ad reads for AE Woodworks. You'll know them because you've been providing the traction on their websites, and it's been awesome. Thank you so much. They do the custom signs, 3D carving, sawmill rough cut lumber, and so much more, including 
your custom orders. If you go to bomb, B-A-U-M-009 at gmail.com, you can place said custom order or go to etsy.com backslash shop backslash A-E country crafts. To see the videos of all the creations, get on TikTok. Go to at Jaxer B, J-A-X-E-R, and you will see all of the creations that are made. If you go to a Little Extra Lambo Facebook page, I also have a video created that has two compilations of all of the woodworks. Go to his page, share the videos, like the videos, and in the comments, tell him a Little Extra Lambo sent you. That way, both of us are getting a little bit of credit for the pub. You know what I mean? A.E. Woodworks. When you're there, send the message or email him to get your custom order placed. You will love it. It is all handcrafted stuff. B-A-U-M-009, bomb009 at gmail.com. And remember, tell him, a little extra Lambo sent you. I think he's also speaking out for the doctors who want to speak out. But I'd imagine the same thing in Canada as well, that... These doctors, when they first start off, they are hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. Now they've got to pay a practice or pay for the for their, their own practice. They've got to pay for employees. They've got to pay for all of the administrative stuff that they need for paperwork-wise, computer-wise. They're, I mean, they're, they're millions of dollars in debt. Now you come up with something and they want to speak out against this vaccine or, the, or COVID in general and they don't they're they're forced into saying a certain thing so they don't lose everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Peter isn't in that position. He he doesn't care. He's like, "No, forget you guys. We're not going to I'm not playing your game. I'm going to speak out." So then they'll try to discredit him. The other doctors yeah. can't afford to do that. So yeah. It it sucks because he's trying to be that voice and he's trying to encourage other doctors to speak out. Is that what's the same thing that's going on in Canada? Is, is that why the doctors aren't saying anything? Oh, absolutely, 100%. Uh, we have Dr. William Mackis, uh, who's an oncologist who's spoken out. They just, they just defame them. They discredit them. They say, you know, everything and anything they can to discredit them. Um. We have Dr. Trozzi, Mark Trozzi, who's lost his license. Dr. Um, oh, there's there's many. Dr. Christopher Shoemaker. Um, Dr. Julie Panessi. She was an ethics professor who was fired teaching ethics, about ethics. So it's just very ironic. Um, Dr. Byron Bridal. There's many. There's, there's many... Um, doctors here who have been silenced whose licenses have actually been revoked um and but they still continue to speak all of them and we need them to speak because like you said they 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 are giving um they're paving the way for others to come forward so you think they're going to get their practices back or be able to get back into medicine or have they been defamed and discredited enough that that that's not going to happen any longer. I I think eventually they will, but I, I know many of them aren't really wanting to go back to that um, system and are creating new ways of providing um, health and healthcare and, and medicine and all that to their patients. So, um, you know, might be a blessing in disguise. And, and how amazing would it be to have all these doctors come together and create something and 
you know, you, you actually know and have that peace of mind that they, they care about the patient. They're not about just giving the patient drugs and keeping them, you know, in this cycle of, of, of dependency on, on narcotics and, and, and drugs. Right. So, um, I think that's what we need to happen because people don't trust, um, the system anymore. They don't trust, trust the healthcare system. So I don't know that it would be a benefit to them to go back into the system because people want that alternative. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm one of those guys. I, I don't know who to trust when it comes to that. And that, that's not healthy. Because when something mm-hmm. does go wrong, you've got something internally, you start bleeding, you you know, whatever. I don't know who to go to. I don't know what they're going to say. I don't know what they're going to try to inject me with. So why, you know, why it, it's a lot of, it's a lot of stress upon, upon people like myself and, and others who just don't want to go to the doctor. So mm-hmm. if any of these are listening, I'm looking for a doctor. <laughs> mm-hmm. I could hook you up. <laughs> I know. I know a few. You, yeah. I, uh, so I was going to say your your you know your your uh, uh, Instagram name is independent journalist, and a lot of people you know they'll they'll journal, just cre- create that name like you know it's just something I do. But this is actually your your career and your in your job. How did you get into into media and, and getting into um, getting out there and doing interviews and stories and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I didn't go to school for journalism. Um, I knew something was wrong, very wrong. And I needed to find out for myself. I'm, I have always been a truth seeker, maybe what you might call a conspiracy theorist, (laughs) you know, always researching, always questioning, always trying to read between the lines. Um, and I, so my, the reason I did this was my, my children were 12 and 14. Um, and they, their dad lives in Australia, Queensland, Australia. So they went out in April, 2020. And within one week, Australia shut down their international borders. So, um, I spent four weeks in an Australian quarantine facility in order to see my children. So that was a wild ride. Um, and it took me eight months before I could get out there. So I started, the, the, how this started for me was I was just sharing my story. And it was a very difficult time for me. And it's almost like I needed to be heard, you know, and I had a lot of support from speaking and sharing my story. I didn't, it took me eight months before I could get into the country. And I, I didn't know as a mom if I was ever going to see my kids again, you know, like that's how I felt. Um, that's, that's a scary I, thought. I, I didn't know it was, it was terrifying. It was a horrible time. So as a mother, I needed to know, I needed to have answers. I needed to, to figure it out. And that's why I started. And so when I came back from Australia, the, the first time I'd been in the facility, um, you know, I shared my whole journey of that, which was just insane, you know, being put on a bus, taken by military and police to a place you don't know where you're going. They don't disclose the location. My food was dropped off in a brown paper bag at the door. Like, just, this is, it was crazy. And I needed 
just, you know, like having had this experience, it was like, I need, I felt like I needed to do more in order for others to see how unjust and inhumane and ridiculous this was, you know, what they were doing to healthy people and what they were doing to Australians, locking them up like prisoners. And, um, and so I came back to Canada and that's when I just, I just, it was about 3 a.m. And I said, I'm going to start filming. And I, I, I researched all the field hospitals across Southern Ontario. And I got in my car, went to the first field hospital. So they were just military-style um, hospitals that were outside of the regular hospitals. And they were um, constructed in order to house an overflow of patients if there were, you know, if the hospitals were overrun. And, um, you know, was, I was able to expose that not one of those in in Canada was ever utilized, not never housed a single COVID patient. So it was very much, um, in my opinion, I, I like, I called them movie sets, you know, just fear, fear mongering. It was, you know, they put these on, uh, mainstream media. And of course people look at that and it's just, it's not, it's a scary sight to see, you know, these military style hospitals. What if I was everywhere. to tell you what my, it's my theory that we were told because we have them we have four we have four or five of those here in washington state that's where i'm at is washington state what if they what if we were told that these are covid hospitals but yet these are hotels turned into hotels for the illegals coming across the border for when they start doing whatever their mission is of why they're here we have military aged men that are now becoming flowing across our border what if they're for that? We were told one thing yeah. and now it's this. Yeah. That, you know, everything is a possibility. You know, everything is a possibility. I I could see that. You know, I, I will say this, um, having been immersed um, with the vaccine injuries and, um, you know, the information and just speaking to doctors, I think it's very um, concerning that the vaccine is targeting military-aged men um, with myocarditis and pericarditis and making their hearts weak. We know that that, you know, they are the most susceptible, um, that age group and men. And I I just, that, that concerns me quite a bit. Um, And, you know, the way that they injected the military uh, first, a lot of our military here were dishonorably discharged for not taking it. Um, so I don't know. There's just some food for thought, but, uh, and then you say they're bringing in illegals who I don't think were um, forced to take it. Right. I'm no. sure many of those. No, unvaccinated, through- undocumented. We don't know what they have if of any illnesses. They're just brought mm-hmm. across the border and then shipped to wherever they're going. We're told <laughs> this. We're told that you know the Texas governor Ron DeSantis from Florida is shipping them to these these liberal cities. But <laughs> how do we know? We've seen one or two buses show up. Not you know that's it. But how do we know they're not heading up to to Centralia, Washington? How do we know they're not heading to Beaverton, Oregon? How do we know? You know, how do we know? We can't trust anybody. So how do we know that they're not just shipping them all over the place? Oh, yeah. 
no, that's it. it it's awful. It's absolutely awful um, what they were doing. What they're doing. Uh, I just watched a video of an HHS whistleblower there in the U.S. who worked um, for the Biden administration. She volunteered at the borders, and she said that the U.S. is a middleman for child child trafficking. Um, I don't know if you've watched that video yep, or I've, anybody- I've seen that. Yeah, but what what your government is doing right now is not not only you know <laughs> isn't it crazy they 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 cared so much about people's health and well being but they don't know who's coming through like you said what illnesses they have and and you know the fact that they're trafficking children like oh man it's just I, I my heart goes out to everybody in in the states and what they're doing over there and oh man it, we're we're going through it here too it's the whole world the whole whole world seems to be under the thumb of tyranny right now what else you're going through is you have bill C18 to where mm-hmm. the the Canadian government has made it to where social media can't produce news stories can't share news stories mm-hmm. they're they're controlling that flow of information so how how are you supposed to trust what what let's say Sky News or uh, I was trying to think what the other what the other major network is up there? How how are you supposed got, to trust what what you yeah. see coming across when when it's it's controlled? Well, funny enough, now mainstream media is going to be affected by all of this too because of Trudeau. Um, Google and Meta are now saying that you know Canadians are going to be restricted um, from 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 seeing things so uh now it's like the snake is eating itself but it's absolutely crazy i i i feel like we're just um you know the fact that we're not being able to see certain news um and that we're being so censored it's it's scary it's very scary this is what is what china is like this is what venezuela is like you know, it's only you're. They're only going to show you uh, what they want you to see, right? And that obviously is what the government wants. So it's 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 scary to be Canadian right now. You have been all over the world. What is you know that we we know about the censorship in in Venezuela and in China. What is it like actually compared to what Canada is going through today? Is it is it on par or are there subtle differences or what tell us about that? Um you know, I, I would say we're 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 heading towards kind of what, what Venezuela is, um and you know, just a major gap between uh the rich and the poor. Um you know, the the government just has rigged the elections does not allow protesting um you know that they're they're really suffering in venezuela and this is how it started this is exactly how it started right so um i don't think we are on par with china or venezuela um yet but i think that's exactly where we're headed <laughs> you know we're we're, we're very close it's slow. It's slow. Liberals are very patient, and I've said this for years. They're very patient when they set up a plan. They they take the time to implement it and do it right. I believe mm-hmm. now that they're they're 
making mistakes because all these old crusty fucks from the WEF, from our administration, your guys' administration, they're getting old, except for Trudeau. Trudeau's a, 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 a young, spry businessman, unlike our yeah. president. And they're getting ready to die. So they have, they're getting greedy, though. The plan was never for them to see it through, but now things have changed. They want to see their plan come to fruition. George Soros is old. Klaus Schwab is old. And then you've got everybody coming in behind them, but they want to see their plan come true. Joe Biden. I mean, we don't even know if that's the real Joe Biden. They're making mistakes. And yeah. eventually the, that's going to be their downfall because they liberals are patient. They're, they, they set a plan. They allow time to, to, to make it go through and make it happen to where I believe our, you know, the, the, the other side is reactionary patience and then react to whatever, whatever the situation is happening. They want to mm-hmm. see their plan. And now they have to be reactive to what we're doing to combat what they already started. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I do feel though that we are going to win this. I feel that if you just look at how the, the, the progression over the last three years, um, you know, in the beginning when, when we were, you know, protesting or speaking out, it was such a difficult time. It was such a difficult time, but now um, there's so much, coming out it's just it it it, it can't be hidden anymore the veil is lifting and i think all these people their time is running out so um, do you think maybe too much is coming out like there's so much happening people don't know what to believe so they don't believe anything at all or else they tune tune it all out i i do agree with that absolutely um and i think that's by design i think this a lot of this war has been psychological and I think it's, you know, to keep people confused and scared. And, um, so it is hard, but I I definitely believe that was intentionally done so that it would discredit, you know, even the people on this side make us look crazy because there's a, you know, just to see some of the things that have gone on within the movement you've seen things kind of spread out and people you know start talking about flat earth stuff and it just gets it gets too crazy for people to to want to even be a part of and to believe so absolutely i think they intentionally put you know disinformation in there to you know confuse people what is your favorite story you, you, you've, and I, and I, maybe I, maybe I'm saying that wrong. What story hits, hits your heart the most when you're, when you're talking to the vaccine injured, when you're talking about being that voice of the voiceless, what story hits your heart the most? Um, that's hard to, to answer because they've all just been so difficult to hear and to believe and, you know, um, but when it comes to the kids, you know, that's, that's the hardest one. I think interviewing Sean's dad is really hard, was really hard and difficult. Sean was just 17 years old and my daughter is 17 years old. 
my my oldest is 17 as well mm-hmm. yeah um but then another one um that was very difficult was a mother who had three boys healthy boys and was having her first girl so she was so excited um she took two vaccines and the day after her second dose she couldn't feel her baby um her baby girl and she was 38 weeks pregnant and she had to deliver her stillborn daughter at 38 weeks oh, and shared with me the photos of her in the hospital and she's clutching on to this baby and the pain in the photo, she's just sobbing to the, to the ceiling and holding this baby. And to me, I mean, I remember having dreams about it. Uh, and I, that one really, I struggled with a lot. Yeah. I, I, hundred percent understand why that's a tough Mm -hmm. one Mm -hmm. and now we're finding out that that more of these stillbirths more of these um uh uh, the sads or or sids is happening yeah i've interviewed yeah i've interviewed two american heroes um dr jim thorpe and dr kim biff uh from from the u.s both OBGYNs um, who, you know, are, are blowing the whistle on the amount of miscarriage stillborns. I think the number one, and this is one of my, you know, things that I've just kind of um, figured out from all these interviews that I've done and with women and just met women suffering from menstrual issues. I think this vaccine is really going to target um, fertility and we're going to see a you know, in, in the future, what the true effects really have had on women's reproductive or, uh, organs and, and on fertility. Um, but, you know, Dr. Jim Thorpe explains that there's an 1100% increase in abnormal um, menstrual um, issues. So that is the, one of the biggest side effects I think we're seeing from the vaccine. So, um, you know, my biggest fear is, is, and, and we know they've talked about depopulation very openly. Bill Gates, Schwab, uh, Harari, they've all very been mm-hmm. very vocal about population and um, vaccines helping with that. So I, I, from, from speaking to these OBGYNs and, and women and, you know, women like Mandy who lost her, her baby, um, my biggest fear with these vaccines are, are you know, that, we are going to see a decline in people getting pregnant. We're going to see miscarriages. We're going to see stillborn. And, you know, it's, it's going to be scary to see what people uh, have done to their, to their daughters. This segment of the show is brought to you by eat works. Why wouldn't your protein bar just be made out of meat? No supplements are necessary with works. Are you tired of having to choose between staying on track with your healthy diet and satisfying your cravings for junk food? Say goodbye to compromise because works bar is here to take your taste buds on an exhilarating journey. Indulge guilt free as you sink your teeth into the savory all natural protein packed goodness of works made from premium grass fed finished beef 
Each bite is a celebration of lean, meaty protein infused with the savory flavors of your favorite cheat meals. Whether it's the spicy pepperoni jalapeno pizza flavor or the mouth-watering blend of real bacon in our bacon cheeseburger bar, your senses will be sent into overdrive with every bite. So why settle for the same ordinary old bar when you can embark in an extraordinary flavor adventure with a works bar? It's time to indulge, satisfy your cravings, and elevate your protein game like never before. Get ready to experience a taste sensation that will leave you hooked from the very first bite. Eat real, eat works. www.eatworkswrx.com or on Instagram at eatworks. How scary is Nouvelle Harari and what he wants <laughs> to do to make superhumans, to combine humans and, and internally put AI into them? Yeah, it's, it's scary. It's just, this isn't, you know, being human is such a beautiful thing. You know, the fact that the ability to be able to communicate and to speak and to connect and to love is just such a gift. The way a mother loves her child or, you know, just the, the, the beauty that we see in everything nature it's just it's such a gift to be a human and the fact that they're just trying to take it uh, make us into robots and you know that they're they just feel like we're just um what what, what did he refer to as useless uh useless eaters, meat but eaters that, yeah but that we can also be controlled you know and and that that's what they want to do um it's a very it's scary thing because they're trying to you know, create a, a, their own human species, right? Like taking away what is beautiful about us. And I, I just, yeah, I mean, for their own gain, for to enslave us, right? Well, what, what <laughs> were the Nazis of Germany trying to do? They were yeah. trying to make were, one superior race. Which leads you to believe yeah. that they didn't lose World War II. They just disbanded and reorganized. And now they're trying to do it again. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had a, a an interview with a Stanford medical doctor. And, you know, he said, you know, just they, they, they've taken over every institution, um, you know, from the judicial system to politics to uh, schools, universities, um, they've, you know, revamped education. The Nazis just, yeah, they, they didn't die with the Holocaust. Many of them who survived were just relocated to other places and many of them institutions and, and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, I remember him saying, talking to me about the books that he had in, at Stanford Medical and that, you know, the the wording in the, in the books were, was not that they were patients, but that they were clients, you know, that these, you know, they were referred to as clients. It was just, yeah, it's, it's a lot. And, um, I think that these people just control a lot of, a lot of things. Still, they're still very powerful and they still have that goal of, you know, um, wanting to control and, and depopulate and enslave. 
but yet they're they're pushing all of what you just said. That's what they're saying that Putin is trying to do. Putin's trying to take over the world. Putin's trying to eliminate everybody else. Putin wants war with everybody. They're deflecting everything to Russia. Meanwhile, that's what's going mm-hmm. on on going on right behind them. Mm-hmm. Marxism. They just flip it on its head, right? That's the truth. Basically, just flip it upside down, and that's where the that's the truth. It's the total opposite of what they say. Same, it's the exact same with all this inclusivity nonsense. You know, it's it's the complete opposite. Um, they they say you know to be open and this this whole transgender thing, and you know we should be inclusive, uh, but they are making you you know use pronouns, and they make they want you to be a part of this and abide by it, be inclusive. And if you're not, you're hateful. Well, that's not what a democracy is. A democracy is having differing opinions and beliefs and living peacefully, you know, even though we have different opinions, not saying, okay, this is what we're going to tell you is right. You have to believe it no matter what. Otherwise, you're a bad person, right? So, And they've got the media being able to push every movement that they that they see that they need done the media is right there to back them up 100 percent, push the agenda yep absolutely that is that is the goal of the media right now for sure is pushing this whole um trans uh, agenda and uh that's a, just another i mean there's so much we talked about how there's so much and there really is but uh they are they are definitely pushing that the whole chest feeding i think they're trying to provoke a lot of people too i think this is going to be in order for them to um, be able to pass anti-hate laws and to make it so that you can't um you can't say anything you can't oppose this you're going to have to otherwise it'll be uh you'll be breaking the law i had asked a, f- a friend of mine this and, and she is gay and I asked is you have these parades that are showing and you, then you have these extreme pride people that are there, men walking around with just a hammock on themselves, shaking themselves in front of children. Is that, and, and automatically she said, that's not us. Mm-hmm. That is not us. That's not what we stand for. That is not what they're about that they they've got to be paid agitators who are out there just to be the extreme side of that, the, the, the takeover part of the, of the movement. Yeah. And that's worldwide. It's such a small percentage. It's, you know, my brother's gay, same thing. He's like, I'm not using a pronoun, you know, he's like, I'm not, this is not, it's becoming cult like now, you know? And, and, and if you're, lesbian or if you're two-spirited you're now all combined right so if you have to agree with all of it which is not right you know like why are they now amalgamating all these things and saying okay this is the you know what what we are now we all you know you might not agree with certain things even if you're gay but now if you're gay it's like you're not even accepted into this um community or you know whatever you want to call it but yeah, it's um, there's many, many, many people who are opposed to this in the community, and I would say it's such a small, small, small percentage, and they are gathering this and they're putting it out there, and it's just provoking people. But you know, also when 
why are we teaching this to children and why are we making this such a big deal when it is such a small percentage, uh, you know, and, but we're now being forced to accommodate this very, very small group and to be teaching our children and sexualizing our children. Like it, it just, it doesn't make sense. Right. And it's really sparking a lot of anger and provoking a lot of people and, you know, creating a further divide because that's what they want. And, you know, then it, like I said, it's going to look like we're targeting the whole community, the community at large, but that's not the case. That's not what people are upset about, but that's what the, the media and the government is making it look like that we're, you know, against all of it. And, and that's not the case. It's, well, the UN came out, what, two or three weeks ago saying that children don't have to give consent. They don't have to give consent to sex. They don't have to give consent to being raped. Just, I believe you said it right. They want the people to just get so pissed off that they attack. doesn't matter what country it is. They just want the people to finally have that moment of, I'm done, they go and attack. Because then, yeah. once that happens, then they can put the whole country under emergency lockdown, martial law. I don't know. I don't know what it's called up in Canada, but it, martial law here in the states. And then they can do whatever they want because now the emergency response, the emergency, um, uh, um, the emergency plans, action plans go into place, and then they can do what they want. They can implement anything they want because now. Just like in COVID, the emergency orders allows us to do certain things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what they did with the Emergency Measures Act. That's what that was. That's like, uh, that's if there was an, a, an act of terrorism, that's when that is used. If our country was under attack, that's what would be um, implemented. And that's what our government did its own, against his own peaceful citizens. So I did if a, they could do it for that, they'll take it again. Yeah, easily. I, I did a podcast on the executive orders that were passed under JFK, and I believe it was True Truman finished mm-hmm. up some. Or I'm sorry, it was Johnson, Lyndon Johnson, um, that they could take over the ports, the banks, the transportation, the highways, the you know all of the all of the entire you know all these sectors under these emergency orders they're already sitting there they just have never been used liberals are patient let's pass this during peacetime and then as things move forward then we can use them down the road that is being set up to right now to where once things start kicking off they can just go through and take over everything we know that Mm -hmm. we know about the 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 digital currency that they want to push the one world um, banks that they want to push that so we would know about the digital currency. You've got bricks trying to pull off and do their own thing. I don't know if it's going to be successful or not, but you've got so much going on that, you know, like we've already said, what do you, what do you believe? Yeah. Well, and we, we also have the who treaty, right? The pandemic treaty, which, which gives the who governing powers, right? This is an unelected body that would if they declared a pandemic um the the country the government no longer has authority they do so they can implement whatever they ever they want it's 
it's draconian. It's crazy. And, you know, there's, I think, a hundred and I forget how many countries are, would, would be under this, um, you know, right. 116. 116. Yeah. Okay. So that's a really scary thing. Right. And they've just made amendments to it. So yeah, there's, there's a whole lot. (laughs) Which in our country, in the States, that's completely unconstitutional. I would imagine it's the same thing in Canada, but your, your constitution reads just a little bit differently. For us, that is completely unconstitutional. He had no authority to sign us into that at all. Yeah, well, it would supersede your constitution, Mm -hmm. our charter. So it would, uh, yeah, it it is unconstitutional. (laughs) It takes a, those those would be um, irrelevant if, if if this passes. Yeah. Um, you are at 1030 right now. We're recording later at night. It is 1030 there on the, on Toronto time. I have one last thing I want to ask you because I am a foodie. You have traveled all over the world. What, (laughs) what kind of foods have you eaten and experienced and what are, where is your, what is your favorite food that, that you like to go back to and eat? Okay. So I love Italian food. And the best pasta I've ever had was in Rome. It was a little mom and pop shop and it was this delicious rose um, spaghetti. So if I ever could go and, you know, eat, um, <laughs> get on a plane and, and go and eat somewhere, I'd, I'd go to Rome for sure. But yeah, I've been to many, many places around the world and um, I've had, yeah, just, just great food in in many countries lebanon i had the best shawarma there <laughs> um yeah just been been very um very lucky to to see a lot of beautiful places and you're you're from portugal originally is that is am i getting that right yeah i am i'm portuguese i was born in canada though okay so but my parents are portugal yeah and i i've been there many times what is served there? Is it Spanish? Um, no, Portugal. We we speak Portuguese. There's a lot of uh, fish. No, the the food food wise though, food wise. Yeah, a lot of fish. Um, a lot of grilled dishes. Um, yeah, but mostly seafood. Right, we're surrounded by a mostly ocean. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yummy. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is yummy. You should go. <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming on. Um, appreciate you coming on and, and giving us the, the, the stories about the vaccine injured, how you got into that. I love following your content. Um, independent underscore journalist underscore on Instagram is how we can find you. Any, any projects that you're working on currently? Um. Not, not really. I think over the last uh, little while, I've really been trying to uh, get Garnett Harper's story out. So, um, you know, that's a, a huge one. The hashtag right now is say his name, um, Garnett Harper, 35-year-old who just um, recently uh, passed in May, who was denied a kidney. His, both his brothers were going to we're willing to be live donors. No doctor, no hospital would do the surgery. And 
um, I think the biggest thing that that's really hit, hitting people about this story was when uh, his he was dying. He, his wife was contacted by Trillium uh, Gifts of Life and asked if she would harvest his organs. If you know, so here he was dying for being unvaccinated and, and not receiving an organ, but it was okay for his organs to be donated. And clearly that would be to only the vaccinated at this point. So um, there's another few stories here. We're just trying to get out. And, um, you know, this is a really sad thing that's happening and they're just letting people die, you know? So all that for using their, their, their critical thinking skills, their personal freedoms, and yet it's being held against them. Yeah. For something that's not effective, though. That's that's what blows my mind. Why are we still doing this? It's not effective. We know that. We know that. Um, and I just don't understand why they keep pushing us. Well, I have, yeah, I have my beliefs. But, We're probably um, sharing the same brain on that as well. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. Mm-hmm. all right well thank you very much i appreciate you coming back on um let's do this again later on down the road when you get some get some more stories and we can we can put them on my program as well and and get them get those out beautiful thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it that was monique leal you can find her on instagram and instagram only independent underscore journalist underscore she's got great content go to her videos watch the videos the independent journalist monique leal uh again thousands upon thousands of stories of the vaccine injured including garnett harper hashtag say his name trudeau his death is on your hands because of your authoritarian measures of having to do surgeries because of the stupid vaccine that does not work it has been proven his death is on your hands along with the other thousands that are out there that have died because of you. Shame on you. Uh, That is today's show. Please hit that like button, hit the follow button, hit the subscribe button, whatever platform you're on. If you want a cleaner choice or a better choice of your, whatever your podcast listeners listenings are on go to my link tree and you can find them there and if you have a music player that you would rather just have this podcast on your music player go to my link tree and find it i got everything on there along with the shepherds along with dark delight along with ky's podcast along with everything else that's on there my my link tree is pretty packed so go check it out especially the shepherds you can get all the information you need there as well as the trainings from the dark delight and then we got next week's show with doc house we got a good show we will have a great show for that one so garnett harper this show was dedicated to you hashtag say his name this has been a little extra lambo it has been my pleasure to do this podcast. It is was great to have Monique on. Garnett, this show was for you. <laughs>